we used to call KLMS and what we now call Multiply. Uh, and in KLMS, one of the things that you did was a five-minute sermon. And so we do that 98% so that you're good at it. But there's another 2% where uh, that's how we pick future speakers. So <laughs> today's speak speaker was uh, a rock star in her class. And everyone was like, oh, we should listen to more of what she has to say. So you saw her husband, Johnny, up here before. Uh, but today we uh, have Sam Gardamhurst coming up to speak. So you can come up. Uh, we're very excited. So I just want to pray for her. God, we thank you for what you've put in Sam. And we thank you for how you've been... Um, building something inside of her that she gets to speak today and that you want to lead us as a congregation into something. So I pray that as Sam leads us, that we would be open to your word, that we'd be open to, to the heart of what it is that you're saying. Pray that you would give Sam just clarity and wisdom as she speaks and that we would be able to hear exactly what it is that our hearts need to hear from our Father. In your name, amen. Hi, good morning. <laughs> um, I'm so excited to talk today. Um, I'm speaking on connecting with God, um, and I think connecting with God is um, the miracle of the Christian faith. Um, I think it's one of the like most profound realities that I get to live with every day in being a Christian, that I get to connect with God. Um, and the miracle of the Christian faith is what I want to talk about today, which is that um, I get to connect with God because God may, has made a way for that to happen. Um, because I don't think I could have been able to connect with him if it had been on me. But because it was on him and he chose to come to me, I can do it. And so we get to, um, yeah, talk about that today. And I think that, um, yeah, I hope that it gives you a, a sense or like a feeling today of um, being wanted. Um, that God wants you. Um, and so I'm going to be talking about an idea called repentance today. Which is the idea that... Um, we turn towards God, but I want to be talking about it from a frame of we turn towards God because God wants us. Um, and so I'm going to get into that. Um, so first me, um, some of you know me, which is really fun. I've been coming to ENV for about a year and a half. And um, in that year and a half, I feel like I've like joined a family of um, people that I've honestly never felt like I've um, experienced connection with a community of people um, in a congregation like this before. And I'm like super blessed by Every Nation Vancouver. I think it's like an amazing community of people. Um, I love what it's about here. I love that this church is so outward focused and so about bringing people in. Um, I think it's like a beautiful way to live. And um, so it's, I'm so thankful that I get to be here. Um, I live in Greg and Debbie, if you guys know them, they're the pastors of the church. And I live in their basement suite. Um, I moved in there a year and a half and I started coming to Every Nation. And I came from um, living a year in Abbotsford. Me and Johnny got married and that was the first place we lived. And before that, I had done Bible college in Surrey. And before that, I lived in Ontario. So I grew up in Ontario and I moved out here when I was 18 and, um, for Bible college. And Bible college was an amazing time of my life. I absolutely loved it. Um, I spent seven months in Thailand as a part of my degree, um, as a missionary. And, um, that was an amazing experience as well. And um, yeah, so in the last, I'll say, eight years of my life, I feel like I've been around a lot of different denominations, a lot of different communities of people. And so to have found like a real sense of connection and family here has really been a blessing for me. Um, 
So anyways, that's me. Um, and today, um, like I said, I want to be talking about how the Lord wants you. Um, and I think this is a really, um, yeah, like I said, a really powerful reality um, that um, in being a Christian really changed my life. So um, for the first 15 years of my life, um, I wasn't a Christian. And then because of summer camp, and I know a lot of you have been to summer camp, um, because of summer camp, I learned about Jesus and eventually made this wild experience or had this wild experience with the Lord where I decided to follow Jesus. Um, doesn't happen like that for everybody, but that was my experience. Um, and it, and it happened because I experienced the Lord wanting me. Um, so when I grew up, um, yeah, I had just a lot of, um, a desire to be wanted. Um, and I'm going to get into this a little bit later. Um, but this desire to be wanted, I think, is a real thing in all of us. Um, and so before I get into that, I'm going to talk a little bit about a man named Jeremiah. Um, and Jeremiah um, is a, a book in the Bible, <clears throat> and it's a bit of a chaotic read. He was a prophet, and, um, and in the book, it's, it's like chronologically like very out of order, um, there's a lot of different genres all sort of smushed together. But if you can kind of stay along the track and follow the life of Jeremiah, he, he lived like quite a powerful and actually quite a terrifying life. Um, so in Jeremiah's lifetime, um, the nation Israel, who was God's chosen nation, um, was not trusting in the Lord. And it was leading them into all of these bad behaviors. Is this light up? Awesome. Um, so if, if in anything that I'm saying, I have my scripture references up there just because I think if you want to look them up, like the, if that gives you any framework to like help you understand sort of the rhythms of what's happening in Jeremiah, it's an amazing book and you should get into it. <laughs> um, so, but anyways, they're, they're, Israel is in all of these bad behaviors, um, because of their lack of trust in the Lord. And so the Lord calls Jeremiah, some guy in the community, um, to call Israel out of all of her bad behaviors. And the Lord even warns Jeremiah that the nation isn't going to repent. So this is like a pretty awkward position to be in, right? Like an entire community of people is disobeying the Lord. And God says to Jeremiah, this one guy, hey, I want you to go to Israel and tell them all of the things that they're doing because they're not trusting in the Lord and how it's bad and how they need to turn back to me, how they need to repent and turn back to me. And, um, and, and then he says, oh, and by the way, they're not going to repent. <laughs> like, super awkward. Like, if I was Jeremiah, I'd be like, oh, this sucks. Like, I'm, in, I'm going into a battle that I'm not going to, like, get a happy outcome from. Like, that just sucks. Um, but nevertheless, Jeremiah does this. He gives the word of the Lord to the Israelites. And in Jeremiah's lifetime, I counted, I went through and I counted, there were seven different instances where Jeremiah gives this word of the Lord to this community of Israel to say, repent, turn back to the Lord. And each time there was like extreme hostility that Israel responded with. So as the Lord had said, they didn't turn back. And instead there was like extreme hostility that they responded to Jeremiah in. <clears throat> And so in different instances, you really should go and read because it is like a pretty, when you, I don't know, when you sink your, your personal teeth into like what Jeremiah experienced in this hostility, it is pretty, um, it's, it's really scary. So like one time um, he's like thrown into prison with no food or water for like an indefinite amount of time. 
the mercy of the Lord comes along and he ends up getting out of prison and, he can, and it says he can barely walk. And then right after that, the word of the Lord, it, the Lord says to him, okay, now go right and tell these people to repent. And then again, the officials or whatever respond by throwing him into a well <laughs> where there's no food or water. Like this guy experienced some like serious suffering um, for obeying the Lord. Um, and I think that's really important because... Um, yeah, often, I think in the Christian life, we experience all kind of suffering. Um, and, and when we're obey, and like when you don't obey the Lord, it's like, oh, that's why you're suffering. But sometimes when you do obey the Lord, you also walk into suffering, just like Jeremiah did. Um, and I think this like asks a good question as to like, why do we obey God? Why do I obey God? Why did Jeremiah obey God when following the Lord is leading him into all of this like terrible quality of life? Um, and just extreme suffering. Like, what was Jeremiah's motive? What was making him want to obey God when it's causing him to go to prison and suffer at the bottom of wells and have communities ostracize him and be called a liar? Like, why is he obeying God in all of this um, if it's not improving his quality of life? Um, and honestly, um, I don't know why you guys obey God. <laughs> um, I know why I obey God. Um, and I think I know why Jeremiah obeyed God. Um, and I think, so, his lifetime that we see over all of this book of Jeremiah, it's like the introduction to Jeremiah and the Lord is what I want us to focus on today. Um, <clears throat> and so, the first thing that we read in Jeremiah, it's Jeremiah 1, 4 to 5. And it says, the word of the Lord came to me saying, before I formed you in the womb, I chose you. And I think this is a powerful, powerful intro. Um, <clears throat> because it's talking about God's... Um, attitude and care for Jeremiah. It has nothing to do at this point about who Jeremiah is. It's all about who God is. Um, and the word of the Lord came to him saying, before I formed you in the womb, I chose you. Um, and so for my life, I think this was also a, a powerful word that I had heard. Not from Jeremiah, I didn't read Jeremiah, um, but same sort of thing that I think the Holy Spirit spoke to me. Um, and so I want to focus on this first um, portion of what God says um, to Jeremiah, which is before I formed you in the womb. Um, and I think this is a big, um, yeah, a big, a big word from God to hear um, for all of us um, all the time. <clears throat> because when was Jeremiah chosen? When was this happening? And it says before I was formed in the womb. And I think this demonstrates something about what God values about us. Um, this makes me think of those moments um, also when being chosen feels crappy. So um, sports teams often, I don't know if you guys ever experienced this in school, but there's like the two best uh, players on the team. They go on opposing teams, and then they um, pick their, their, the, the group of people in, in terms of like who they want to be on their team. And often... Like, if you're chosen last, you just know that you're not very good, that you don't, they don't really want you on the team. You're just kind of the leftovers that, you know, will put you over there. But if you're chosen first, you feel great. Um, and so, like, that's kind of like a thing that we experience when we're kids, right? Like, this experience of sort of slowly learning, like, your value is, like, super based on, like, how good you are at something. Um, you know, often, even, like, we think about how attractive people are or how popular people are. Um, we start like, it's like instant. As soon as we <laughs> start living in the world, it's like our value is placed on us for what we bring to it, right? 
Um, and like how we're chosen is like based on how well we perform or how much we can achieve or how much money we have. Um, like so much of our life is like based around this, you know, value that we allocate to people. Um, and it's just before I formed you in the womb, like that's when God chose you. It has like God in like right now in this space, the Lord just doesn't choose any of us. He doesn't want any of us based on what we're offering to the world or, you know, what you did this week or how many times you spent with him this week. Um, how many people like wanted to talk to you in this community? <laughs> like he just doesn't like, that's not what's going on with God. God's like so outside of how we're all programmed to think about ourselves and each other. Um, and so like the Lord wants you. <laughs> Um, and I, yeah, and so before, before you were formed in the womb, that's what that's saying, like, that's what God is saying um, in that to you today, <laughs> that it just has nothing to do with all of the stuff that we can get so caught up in. Um, so, okay, now moving on to this word chosen. Um, so it says, before I formed you in the womb, I chose you. Um, and I actually prefer the word wanted because I think chose just doesn't do the same thing as wanted does for me. Um, I think wanted, because you choose based on what you want, right? And so I think the word wanted is a powerful um, word that the Lord spoke into me. So a little bit earlier, I spoke about, um, yeah, like my experience of when I started to follow God when I was 15. So it's interesting, like now when I like look back um, on my pre-Christian life, um, <clears throat> sort of like the things that I was believing that was like leading me into like what I would now call bad behaviors or like what we call sin, right? Um, so yeah, like before I was 15, I really wanted to be wanted. I had this really legitimate need that like I was trying to figure out how to fill. And so all of the things around my life were telling me like um, it, to be wanted, this is kind of like the way that you have to behave or the way you have to look. Um, and there are the things that you have to do in order to be wanted. And so um, before I'm 15, so like let's like early teenage years, um, I learned that if I wanted people to like me, like friends to like me, I had to gossip about the right people, um, which is like a bad behavior, right? Like we get tripped up by like, that's like a sin, right? To gossip, like that's not a nice thing to do. Um, but in order to fulfill this need of being wanted, that would be something that I would have done. And then that, and so then like wanting popularity, wanting people to like me, that was like, I figured out ways to do that, <clears throat> and which looks like bad behaviors. Um, and, then, and then not only friends, but then I wanted guys to want me, and then in order for to get guys to want me, like, you know, I wanted to dress a certain way or say a certain thing. Um, and a lot of those things just look like what the classic scenes that we always talk about, right? Of the things that we're just not supposed to do. Um, and so anyways, like, that was just kind of like the sequence of events that was like happening in my life when I look back and look at them. And then um, going to summer camp, <laughs> it, like it kind of all really changed in like this really cool moment. Um, and it continues to change every time that I go back to remembering what God spoke to me in that moment. And I felt like what God was saying to me was that he wanted me. And there's something that happened where like the Holy Spirit spoke that into like I don't know, that inner being place that is like inside of us, right? That like changes us somehow. Um, <clears throat> and so in that moment, um, when I knew that the Lord wanted me, it just changed everything because I didn't need it from everywhere else all the time anymore. Um, yeah, and so knowing that the Lord wants you, 
I think is just so core to being able to, to live in the way that God wants you to live. Yeah. It's, it just, it starts with God. And like, when you receive this thing that he has towards you, which is that he wants you, that will change how you live. Um, and so often we just so focus on the, the how we live before the knowing that God wants us part, and I think it trips us up big time. Um, so today, that's why I just want to talk about turning to the Lord because he wants you. Um, okay, so do I have, um, okay, yeah, I, there's um, a new slide that I want to, there's a picture in the new slide. Can we keep going? <laughs> Excellent. Okay. So I don't know if you guys know this scene from the notebook, but this is a scene from the notebook. Um, who here has seen the notebook? Awesome. Okay, great. You guys, I hope you all remember this scene. Um, so there's, there's a scene in the notebook, and it's one of my favorite scenes, and I hope that this redeems all romantic movies for everyone in the room. Um, because what's happening in romantic movies, and girls, you need to know this, what's happening in romantic movies is the God character is the man. <laughs> and if you can let the man be the God character rather than the guy that you want to be in your life, you'll win all the time. <laughs> so in the notebook, <laughs> so in the notebook, Noah is the God character. And there's this awesome scene where Noah comes out to Allie um, and Ali is in this really hard, or no, Ali comes out to Noah, so I have to get this right. And, um, and Ali's in this really hard place because she's met sort of the man who's like all of the right answers, but then she's, and she has to decide between the man that's all the right answers and Noah who like loves her. <clears throat> and we all know that she needs to go for Noah. That's very obvious in the movie. And so in our life, it's like us. It's like, do I go for all of the things that will make me look good in the world? Or am I going to go for the one that loves me? <laughs> Which is the Lord, in case you didn't know that. Uh, <laughs> um, okay, so in, the, in this moment, Ali has to choose, do I go, who am I going to go for? And there's this really powerful scene, this one right here, where Noah is like so rawly expressing to Ali how much he wants her. Um, it's so beautiful. And like, if you can let that be the Lord, like that's, that's like, it's such a gripping like moment of like what the Lord feels towards you and how badly he wants you. Um, he wants you like Noah wants Allie. It's just like his whole, everything inside of him just wants you and he wants you to know how bad, how badly you're wanted. Um, and so that, and that's just like such a real part of the heart of God. It's not just this conceptual thing. It's like he has deep affection for you. He's like, he's seen you your whole life. He knows that the bad behaviors are all rooted in your lack of trust in him. And he just so desperately wants you to trust him because you just know, like, you just got to know that the Lord wants you like that. Um, and so I just hope that that just redeemed all of the romantic movies you'll ever watch. <laughs> It'll just remind you of the Lord and how much he wants you. Um, okay, great. And then um, next slide. <laughs> Sorry. Um, it's just, okay. So knowing that the Lord wants you, <clears throat> knowing that he doesn't want you based on your performance or how, how many people like you, you know, how many good things you did this week. He wanted you before you were formed in the womb. And that, that real experience of how badly he wants you, like Noah wanted Ali. Um, now that, like, I hope that, 
you know, this is starting, you're starting to feel this. You're starting to, like, experience what it means that the Lord wants you. Um, and so now I want to talk about mix and mingle, because this, <laughs> this has been an interesting experience for me. Um, and it kind of hits home, like, what I'm talking about with repentance, because all of us all the time experience real discomfort. Um, and I want to talk about mix and mingle because we all experienced mix and mingle today. So this is relevant to all of us. And I don't know how you guys feel about mix and mingle time. But for me, before I kind of felt wanted in this community, because people didn't know me. <laughs> so it, was, it, was, it used to be a really uncomfortable experience for me, a really awkward experience for me. Because I just didn't know who to talk to or when I did talk to them, what to talk about. Um, how much to share, <laughs> how much not to share. Like, there's just a lot going on in those three minutes. And it, it's an important three minutes. Like, it's, it's an important part of what we do, like, as Christians. Like, we need to be building connection and smiling at each other and acknowledging humanity, you know? Like, that's an important part of what it means to be a Christian, and it's an important part of the service. But when you don't know where you fit in the family, when you don't know, like, when you come in and everything's in motion and everyone looks like they just all really love each other, and you're just like, I don't know anyone, and I don't know what I'm supposed to do right now, um, that was just a really awkward experience for me. I experienced a lot of discomfort. And the reason I'm talking about this discomfort is because I know that life is hard. And I know that there are, like, way more uncomfortable things that we're all walking through all the time in life. But I chose this one because it's a little peek into, like, just a little bit of the discomfort that any of us might be feeling on any certain day. And, and, and the act of what repentance was for me in that moment and how it helped me. So... <clears throat> when I'm sitting, I think it was like when we were in a different space, but I remember sitting by myself and feeling really uncomfortable during mix and mingle time. <laughs> and I'm like, who's going to talk to me today? And Johnny, who's my husband, he is the most friendly person. So he always leaves me during mix and mingle time. <laughs> I'll be sitting there in all my discomfort, and he's just hopping around talking to everybody he can talk to. <laughs> he doesn't have the same problem I do. But anyway... Um, so I'm all alone. Johnny's gone. Mixing and mingling time. It's like, oh, two and a half minutes left. Two minutes left. Come on. Um, and I just felt like the Lord was just like, I want you. Like, just sit with me. Like, I'm here with you. Like, just remember that I'm here with you. You don't have to do anything. You don't have to say hi to anybody. <laughs> just sit there. Like, you're fine. Um, and just like in that moment, being able, like in my discomfort to like, remember that the Lord is still in my life, like that the Lord is still speaking to me, that he still wants me, it just sort of started to change that experience for me. It became like my, my, um, my weekly reminder, if you will, of like what repentance kind of looks like in my life, of those little tiny discomforts. And like in those little tiny discomforts, just being like, oh yeah, like I'm with God right now. Like that's what's going on here. I don't have to, you know, be the person that goes like Johnny to everybody else in the congregation. I don't have to, you know, know all the right things to say. Like right now, right here, the Lord wants me. And like, that's the point. Like that's what's going on. Um, and so I, yeah, I wanted to bring up mix and mingle because if that is an uncomfortable experience for you, um, try it out. Like let yourself sit in your seat. You don't have to behave the right way in that moment. Instead, like, let yourself repent. Let yourself just sit in that place um, and turn towards the Lord and let the Lord tell you 
how much he wants you. And then once you're in that place with the Lord, that might lead you somewhere. <laughs> that might, you know, maybe it doesn't. Maybe, maybe that leads you to just enjoying that moment. And that's awesome. <laughs> and maybe that leads you to, like, feeling more comfortable to turn around and, like, shake someone's hand. That's what it's worked out for in my life. Um, <laughs> that, like, now during mix and mingle time, I can, like, actually talk to people. And now that I know people here, it's way easier. Um, but, yeah, in all of those little discomforts of life, um, yeah, remembering that the Lord wants you um, and turning towards him. Um, yeah. And not, not because it's the right thing to do or not because it's the, the good behavior to turn towards the Lord, but because he wants you all the time. <laughs> um, so anytime that, yeah, you're experiencing that discomfort, um, I hope that that's um, a thing that you can be reminded of. <sighs> good. Um, great. So... <clears throat> mm -hmm. So Jeremiah... Uh, Jeremiah started his life with this rootedness in knowing that God wanted him, um, not based on anything else, not based on performance, um, not based on his godliness, um, or how well people would listen to him, because he was talking to a nation that wasn't going to listen to him. <clears throat> so, and Jeremiah knew that the Lord wanted him. That was something really real in him. Um, and, and then for me, for experiencing that the Lord wanted me, when I look at my life, um, every time that I remember that, that the Lord wants me, um, from that first moment when I was like 15 and I learned that the Lord wanted me, I can see how that change has like fully shapes my life and changes how I live. Um, and so, and I think that that's what, that's what repentance is supposed to do, right? <laughs> repentance isn't supposed to be this activity um, where we, um, yeah, where we just feel really bad and, like, strive to perform better. Um, repentance is this remembering who God is, remembering that he wants you, you, like, sitting in that place of being wanted by God and that shaping how everything else you do works out. Um, and so, yeah, um, I've, I, yeah, I hope that, like, today that that's, like, what the Lord, what, what you feel from the Lord today is just like that Noah picture, you know, how much Noah wants you, how much the Lord wants you, um, that you were chosen, that you were selected, um, yeah, um, yeah, so I'm going to conclude that the Lord wants you, not based on your performance, your achievements, your popularity, your good behavior. He wants you with fierce affection, um, like Noah wanted Allie. <clears throat> and so now when you experience discomfort, when you encounter discomfort at any level, from the tiniest of mix and mingle time um, to the bigness of you name it, you can allocate it from whatever you've been through in your life. Um, let that lead you to the Lord. Oh, it's still on. Okay. Uh, so as we were talking, the worship team can start coming up. But a few weeks, I guess a month ago, we were standing here in church and we were singing Everby, which we sang earlier today. And I was having this moment because I was hosting, but I'd had a rough week. I struggle always with figuring out um, 
what my relationship is with good things. I want to self-comfort, uh, or then I want to be, you know, the, the swing where you then get really strict, and so I'm always in this battle. And so it had been a very rough week, and I felt shame over the fact that I kept choosing comfort, and I wasn't choosing God, and I knew that. And I wanted to give myself the break that I felt like he wasn't giving me or that he wasn't meeting me. And so we sang Ever Be, and we sang those lines, um, free of, uh, he will have his bride, free of all her guilt and shame, known by her true name. And God said to me, you are chosen. That's your true name. And it just struck me so much. I started crying, tried to pull myself together before coming back up on stage. <laughs> uh, but it just struck me that like, he didn't say you are free of whatever. He said you are chosen. Like, like he really wanted me to know that that was the bigger thing, that I was wanted despite all of that. And in that moment, I was still feeling all the effects of shame and guilt and my choices that week. But I was free and I was chosen and wanted in that place. And I feel like as we head into this next song, it's so perfect. Of course, they always do a good job of that. But um, I just want to read one of the lyrics as it slowly pulls up on my phone. Of course, it closed while we were waiting. There's no shadow you won't light up, mountain you won't climb up, coming after me. There's no wall you won't kick down. Okay, just picture that. I'm picturing my daughter trapped in a room and my husband, he's big, uh, kicking down the door, okay? It's that violent. It's not like, okay, that's me. Paul would kick down the door and it would be a big deal, okay? Uh, there's no shadow you won't light up. And I don't know about you, but I've been in dark places where I've desperately needed light. And God is coming not with my daughter's little helper flashlight. He is coming with Paul's mag light. <laughs> and he is lighting up the shadows in your life. I don't like climbing. I'm not a physical person. Uh, but, but God would climb up a mountain for you. I don't know. If, I think to me, that's almost the most shocking. Because I'll sit on a couch for you, but a mountain, I don't know. So there's no mountain that he won't climb up so that you know how wanted you are. Like that is mind blowing. So just picture these ridiculous analogies as we sing them because there is no place that you are, wherever you are in your journey with God, wherever you are in your repentance story, wherever you are, whether you've had a great week and you've been on it or you are having a week where you do not feel like you even belong in this room. You do, you are chosen and you are wanted. And right now, God wants you to know that and stand in that no matter how you feel. <laughs> 